Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Tom Callahan, who's actually now uh, my coworker, uh, working in the Integral Yoga Teachers Association Department as the uh, communications administrator. And a little bit about uh, Tom. Uh, Tom is an Integral Yoga teacher. He also has a master's in uh, business administration. Uh, he's one of my closest friends here, actually, at at Yogaville too. Um, he's into all sorts of pretty neat activities. The most recent one I would say is uh, tree climbing. <laughs> I would be walking down the street next to uh, next to his house and I see uh, Tom up probably 40, 50 feet up into, into a tree, you know, saying hello or uh, working on building a hammock <laughs> up in the tree. Um, he's, incredible guitar player, uh, very, very also um, interested in outdoor activities, hiking, backpacking, uh, running, um, probably tons of stuff that I'm forgetting about right now. But Tom, thanks for, for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Anything else about yourself that you think is kind of a fun little, just random bit of information to share? Yeah, I've got lots of random bits. Uh, I was in the movie Lincoln. I like to publicize that as a White House <laughs> clerk. Uh, I was once on America's Funniest Home Videos, uh, falling out of a canoe. Not, it was not a proud moment in, in a lot of ways, but in some ways it was. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I'd, I've never heard about this one before. Yeah. The Lincoln one I knew, but the, the canoe. Okay, yeah. You got to tell that we, story. Uh, we used to do this canoe trip, me and some friends on the, I guess it was the Rappahannock River. Uh, and we tried to slide down this rock. It was, uh, yeah, a bit of a stunt. Like we were trying to slide down a rock in a canoe that was pretty steep into the river. And uh, one uh, set of people did it just fine. And, and we were going second and we slid down the rock. And as we came into the river, we hit a smaller rock which stopped the canoe dead, completely stopping uh, the momentum immediately. And I just flipped out of the canoe in a really comical uh, looking way because my friend was taping it on his phone. And uh, yeah, we, it was so funny that we, we sent it, he sent it into America's Funniest Home Videos and we forgot about it. And many months later, I remember I was in business school at the time, very seriously studying for an exam. I got a, uh, a letter from America's Funniest Home Videos asking me to sign a release so they could use my footage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lest I take myself too seriously. Uh, yeah. And the uh, last thing I'll say about that is I was very proud because I think I was right next to a clip of an above ground pool collapse, which is a classic uh, America's Funniest Home Videos clip. Oh, those are, those are great. Oh, the water just rushes. The <laughs> surprise. Uh, that's a good show. That must have been fun to watch yourself. On yeah. That show. Yeah. I was very proud. <clears throat> so I want to ask you about, you know, Yogaville. And we kind of both came here a uh, similar period of time. What, what do you think was like the impetus for you to, um, move your life to a yoga community and kind of away from 
what you were doing before? Yeah, great question. I, uh, I couldn't have done it all at once. Um, it was a gradual toe in the water. I'll, maybe I'll try this light program. I've got enough time to do this light program. And even before that, it was, maybe I'll try the weekend or the welcome weekend. Maybe I'll try the New Year's retreat. Maybe I'll try the light program. And uh, it was during the light program that, uh, you know, I found out about a, a job opening here and somebody said, you wouldn't be interested in that, would you? And I was like, I don't know, maybe, you know, and just, uh, yeah, gradually got in the water and uh, was, have been here for almost three years and I'm really glad I did. How would you describe Yogaville to someone who's never heard of it before? How would you oh. explain what, what goes on here? explain what goes on here it's a um well to to start with i usually say it's it's a yoga retreat center uh it's it's a yoga retreat center but that's just to kind of like ease people into it and then i say but it's it's actually like based in really uh you know ancient yoga it was started by a yoga master and uh it's really rooted in the principles, the philosophy of yoga. Um, and a very like, I don't want to say, yeah, it's a very orthodox way. So um, yeah, how would I explain it? I guess in a more lighthearted way, I would say it was started by um, some hippies following their guru, uh, who was the Swami that gave the invocation to open Woodstock. And uh, it's a great place with lots of fun, interesting people uh, from all over the world in the middle of rural Virginia. Hmm. Wow. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like, would your younger self be very surprised that you've now chosen to live here? Do you think like maybe your 20, 25 year old self would, would that Tom be shocked yeah, yeah, I think he'd be asking like, when, life is. Yeah. when did you get so into yoga? What happened? <laughs> I, I would say, I don't know. Just slowly, just slowly happened, you know, mm. like a few classes. I, I've been in, interested in meditation since, uh, I don't know, so long now, 20, 30 years maybe. And again, just gradually got more and more involved in this. But yeah, my younger self would be surprised. I think when I was... A teenager, young, younger than a teenager, I wanted to be a pro basketball player, uh, then a, uh, a professional guitar player, and uh, I don't know what after that. And then I just didn't want to. I didn't want to work <laughs> at some point. But, yeah. mm. What What do you think got you into yoga? Why did yoga become more of a um, big part of your life? I think it was the feeling that yoga pointed to something that I didn't see pointed to in my um, traditional religious uh, exposure. Like I, I was raised Catholic. Uh, I, I think I'd, I'd just say sort of a secular Catholic family. 
And um, there was something in those books, you know, I was first exposed to like uh, Tao of Pooh and Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance that really stirred something up in me that it was like a subject that hadn't been addressed before. Uh, and, uh, and yoga seemed to do that same thing to point to something that I, I knew was there. I, I knew was true. And I was interested in that. I couldn't find talked about elsewhere, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was, was this something that was true? Um, was it, was it like, um, something that maybe you knew in your heart? you know, for a long time that maybe other, other people around you weren't really talking about. And, and now here was, was something that was pointing to uh, an interest that you had that or a way of, of living that you were interested in that had been kind of piled up with other things. And it was a way to express that, that interest. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good description of it. I think, uh, I think you would hear a lot of lip service to, um, uh, maybe things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. It's not a perfect world. World's not fair. Oh yeah. We just, yeah, it's not right that we spend all our time working and trying to fulfill societal expectations and don't think about spiritual matters and, but life goes on and uh, I, yeah, I, I think if I'm, if I'm on point there, yeah, that, that yoga seemed to say, no, that that's right. That disillusionment is not a phase. It, it, it's not a, um, it's not immaturity to say that something seems wrong about this. It's actually a sign of maturity, you know, um, Disillusionment is a good thing. Um, you should be disillusioned with things that don't last because if you're not now, if I'm not now, I'm going to be eventually, you know, as I'm, as I'm dying. And I think that that really uh, meant something to me when I would hear people say like on your deathbed, do you want to look back? You're not going to look back and regret not working more. You know, that, that kind of quote, like, that's absolutely right. I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to. My dad one time, not to digress too much, but my, my dad one time, he was a banker and he told me one time he came home from work, he was tired and he's like, Tom, don't, when you go to work, don't just work to make rich people richer, do something that helps people. And uh, he was kind of being a little facetious, like acknowledging he had a hard day on the job, but I really took it to heart. It's like, why am I going to spend my life? Uh, why would I want to spend my life doing something that I don't see a purpose in? Um, yeah, so it's kind of all over the place, but uh, no, I, I really resonate with that. It makes me think that you know, just <laughs> the question: how do I how do I want to be spending my time? Is a very important question. The, and that could change, you know, I, I feel I want to be spending my time a certain way now, and then maybe it's different later in the future. But 
why is it? It's like the most practical question there is, right? <laughs> how do I want to spend my time? How do, how do, how would I feel good about living my life? But somehow, uh, maybe it's not so common to, to really ask that question truthfully. And then, you know, is the answer, one of the things I'm really interested is if I'm really, you know, asking that question, honestly, is the answer for everyone going to be to do some good in the world to, to help people out? Is that a, a common, um, is that a common intention? Uh, do all of our hearts desire really to do something that, that is positive in the world? What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, uh, I came at the, um, trying to help people in almost a negative way. Like my, my dad was like, you know, implicitly saying this is not helping people. And I thought, yeah, I'd rather help people than just have a job that, that looks good and, and, and gives me some sense of security or something like that. But I think there is a positive way too, which is, do you love it? Like, I don't think I, I just heard, uh, I think it was Russell Brand eulogizing uh, Diego Maradona. I, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just saying that when you watch Diego Maradona play soccer, you're somehow uh, in touch with God because it's, it, it's so pure. His gift for the game is so pure. You're doing things you don't think a human being can do. You're seeing God act on earth. And um, I think if you really love something and you're really great at it, then that's the positive. That's, that's, you know, that's what you do for me, the helping people, even though it sounds positive, I just came at it as a, well, I don't want to have a job that's not helping people, you know, but really I think you want to do what you really love. Yeah. So if we do what we really love, will there just be a byproduct that is yeah. positive for other people? Exactly. Is, that, is that what it's about? Yeah. Like you watch Diego Maradona and you, realize that more is possible of you as a human being than you thought was, you know, God has come into your life and shown you it's a, it's a miracle in a way because you're seeing something you couldn't see before about yourself, like what's possible for a human being. So yeah, yeah. I think there's a byproduct that is uh, intensely good for people in art, in sports, anybody who's doing something like they love and are great at. Yeah, I was having a conversation yesterday about, you know, the difference between just basically doing that, doing what you love, and and thinking of what the uh, reaction is going to be from someone else, right? Like, if I try really hard at this game, uh, how are other people going to see me, right? So try to get into the heads of of others versus that's not really my business to think about how other people are going to relate to it. But if I don't consider how other people are going to relate to what I do, then I might not be able to connect with them as much, right? Like maybe there is something worthwhile in considering uh, how someone else digests information and meeting them where they're at. But I find it hard to meet other people where they're at. Um, to know where they're at. 
I don't know. Is that, <laughs> is that making any sense? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. To see, uh, where there's something I can, can do for somebody. Uh, yeah. Trying to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I tend to lean towards the approach of just, if, if I do what feels right, that's going to have the best effect. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think the fear and selfishness can maybe get in the way, right? Like it, it, there's like levels to what I want. You know, I want to have a lot of good food today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to not be bothered <laughs> as opposed to kind of the deeper wants, which are to spend my time well and to uh, have a positive effect maybe. Yeah. A guy that I really respect uh, says a lot uh, that he tries to pray uh, part of that um, St. Francis prayer where uh, whenever he goes into an interaction, he prays to, uh, you know, let me uh, seek to love, comfort, and understand this person rather than seeking to be loved, comforted, and understood. And uh, I find uh, my natural inclination is to unconsciously be looking to feel good in everything that I do, (laughs) unless I sort of open up to a higher power to like change that orientation to like, what can I do for other people? Mm. So yeah, what feels good can be selfish for me sometimes is what I'm saying. And and that helps to reset me. Mm. When you, uh, you mentioned, uh, Maradona, another, I think, really interesting topic is fame. Because I I watched a documentary, actually, I think you you recommended a documentary to watch about him. And it was wild how many people were interested in this guy's life, how famous he was, you know, and uh, I felt for the guy a lot. I I don't think we tend to... um, realize maybe the downsides are the harder parts of being famous. Sometimes we just think, Oh, it's great. Right. Fame is, is really glorified and probably the majority of people would like to be famous and have that intention on them. But man, it's, it's tough. It's gotta be tough to have that, that amount of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it'd be very difficult to be, to be famous, to be a public figure, um, without a really pure, uh, intention behind it. I don't know. Mm. It's like, it seems that, yeah, sometimes the public figures, um, I don't know, like different people could be famous, right? Like better examples could be there, but maybe that's also our responsibility in a way, um, to lift up those who, um, I guess are more, um, I don't know, worthwhile isn't the best word, but again, just, I think better examples, um, and the way that we treat famous people or like the way that we even treat politicians, I would say is like not very yogic, right? Cause it's, it's a lot of criticism and not so much support a lot of times or understanding that it's difficult to be, to be a leader. And maybe if we gave more of that kind of support and we're better followers in a way, uh, different leaders would crop up. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting thinking about um, spiritual leaders. Um, hmm. I think about Swami Satchidananda, and I think about uh, Martin Luther King, um, Gandhi, people like that, and um, yeah, it does. There's something elevating to the followers about lifting up, um, lifting up someone who's good for, for, for deeper things, I think, you know, um, whereas maybe if we celebrate, I don't know. I don't think I want to make that. I was going to say, maybe if we celebrate somebody's sports talent, it, it's not as deep a thing as celebrating somebody's humanity. Um, but uh, I don't know if I don't, I don't think I'm wise enough to try to rank the <laughs> who should be famous, but yeah. It's Isn't it, 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 to me, it's a little bit strange that spirituality has been disconnected from our like political leaders as if to um, be like a wise person should not be a prerequisite to make decisions for all of us, <laughs> right? Like how did that, how did that come to be where we wouldn't have a, a kind of a spiritual wise human being right. the ones that we put in this, in these positions? Right. I, it was it's put so much emphasis on entertainment. I mean, myself included, we just, we love, inter, we love to be entertained. So somebody was saying that it, it made sense that, uh, you know, our leaders are, for, for a while now, but actors are charismatic, good in front of a camera. I mean, that's really the predictor is like, how does somebody, how does somebody entertain us? You know? And it's a, it's a, it's tough to look at because yeah, it feels more edifying to, to listen to somebody, to be led by somebody with a message of depth and weight, you know? Is that entertaining? Right. Those, the messages no. of depth and weight, are they, <laughs> is it not? Uh, no, it's a different kind of entertaining. Yeah. Because politicians have not been very entertaining, I would say, on either level <laughs> across the <laughs> history, right? They haven't been like entertaining on the surface level or the deep level. They've just been sort of boring. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's my opinion. But listening to most politicians speak um, doesn't, because it doesn't feel like genuine, right? Like, I, I think that that's an inquiry that right there is like, if we're not being genuine, that's not entertaining for anyone else. Genuineness is the most entertaining. Or not. <laughs> Do you disagree? <laughs> Genuineness. Yeah. Is the most entertaining. I think that's right. I think that's right. Somebody said Dave Chappelle uh, doesn't try to be funny as much as he tries to be interesting now uh, because I would say he's interested. And mm. that's, what's, that's what's so deeply funny about him to me is that like he, uh, he has viewpoints 
he makes jokes based on viewpoints that are really intelligent at depth and a perspective I'm not aware of. So he's in a lot of ways educating me in an entertaining way. I mean, some things are just jokes and, and they're funny because they're stupid, but some things he says are, 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 I don't want to say educational, but they are, they're enlightening me to something I didn't, I didn't see before. Mm-hmm. And it's because of who he is. It's because of what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. There is, it does seem that there is a certain uh, amount of education that happens when we listen to comedy, good comedy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like what, what is education if it's not becoming aware of something that you weren't aware of before that's getting educated? Right. I I heard a comedian one time say, uh, he, uh, he's like, I have these viewpoints now and I'm going to represent them. But I want you to know that I'm not that smart and I'm open to changing. I hope I do change my viewpoints. You know, I hope my kids are smarter than I am. And uh, that's something I've taken on personally. It's like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. It's like I have views and I'm open to changing them. I'm open to improving them. You know, I'm open to feedback and I hope I will get it. Hmm. I got that from a comedian. So. <laughs> <laughs> something good yeah yeah i think you know something like that maybe i'm wrong but it seems like it can often be like lip service like i you know i want my i want my kids to be even better than i am or um right you know i want to be better in the future than i am now or something like that um but i think it's it might be worth really diving into you know is do i really believe that right Hopefully, yes, I think. Um, but the ego will want to hold on. And just, I'm, I'm the best. No one, no one's going to be quite as good as me, you know. Or I, I would say that there's probably many, many parents who don't want others to or their kids to be better than than they yeah, are. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, come in. I'm not a parent, so I don't have any expertise in that in that area. But it, but yeah, I can imagine if there was just something I was, someone I was um, like mentoring, so to speak, uh, you know, I want this person to become good at this, but do I really want them to be better than me? Like that, I can only imagine that would be a tough, tough statement to have actually be true, you know, that I would be happy that somebody surpassed me, you know, that I taught. Right. Yeah, exactly. It can be that kind of uh, mentor, student, teacher, student relationship right does the teacher really want the student to be better I, and yeah. maybe you could even say that that's what makes a really good teacher the ones right. that really feel that way right what's the difference between whether whether you're going to be a really good teacher or not what your intention is there yeah because i mean if you're like me and you've got some ego like your your ego is going to have to die for your your student to surpass you you know that's what, that's definitely putting your money where your mouth is hmm do you investigate that, like the ego dying much like your own, like throughout the day, like watching your ego kind of pop up and then um, somehow facing that and, and maybe allowing it to die? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, I tend to think of it uh, as, as dying, but popping up. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I see, uh, I think of it, I guess for myself, I think of it as like selfishness and self-centeredness. I'll see something happen. You know, I, I'm mad at somebody or I'm afraid of something and it's based on my inner, you know, king baby wanting what it wants or being afraid it won't get what it, it wants or something like that. And, um, yeah, just my personal process. Like as I'm, as I'm able to like look at those things in a sort of a structured way and try to turn them over to, uh, to a higher power, you know, uh, then I get some freedom. I get some freedom from that when I don't, I either believe I'm running the world and unconsciously that's my default is like, I'm going to control the world and try to make it, try to shape it how I want it to be. And, um, when that doesn't work out, I will try to actively like turn it over as best I can see where I'm at fault and where I'm acting, how I am, because I'm afraid. And, uh, yeah, if I can turn it over, uh, I wouldn't say, the ego dies, I would say it assumes its rightful place as just like a small, you know, node in humanity serving in this vast universe a billion times greater, you know, something like that. Mm. 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 Yeah, I think that's a nice way to to put it. This is like keeping it small, right? But what what like higher awareness or understanding allows it to be kept small you know there has to be something that like replaces that some kind of awareness that replaces the ego getting out of control i could say what what works for me but uh, i'll let you let you respond to if you want yeah no i'd like to hear it and um help me yeah for me it's the first one is that I just, I don't know, you know, just remembering that, that I really don't know that puts my ego in, in check because I think the, my ego wants to think that it knows, it knows, it knows what's right and wrong. And so I need to remind it that it has a very limited understanding. Um, so kind of like giving it a dose of humility, um, and then I don't like letting go is, is another one that does that. Like, I just don't even care. Like I'm not even really interested in like reminding myself of what is important and what is not. If I can do that, that also uh, puts it in check because, you know, the idea of separation, like me versus another person in the end is not really important. It's not true. I believe I'm, you know, connected to other people and that we're on the same team. So I'm like reminding myself that that's a delusion. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get right-sized and feel small, get small, get humble. Yeah. Yeah. And it still will come up, you know, it's like a constant process. It seems like throughout the day, like it'll come up and then kind of putting it into check in a way and, and, and also not vilifying it. Like it's, it's okay. It's going to happen. Um, I'm going to get into games of, of separation and caring about, you know, how good I am 
you know, how I compare to other people, like that's going to happen. I try not to vilify. And I notice that when I don't kind of vilify that from happening, it, it loses its hold. It becomes less and less. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. Uh, somebody said, uh, self-recrimination is like one of the most useless acts a man can do a person can do it's like absolutely pointless you know you change or you don't and um yeah i think uh to respond to with my personal like uh practice i I think it's that um i try to if i uh talking about getting right sized oh keeping my mouth shut is good Mm. Um, if I can keep my mouth shut and listen more than I talk and, uh, as the yogis say, practice Mauna, uh, there's immense benefit in terms of humility. Um, and then if I have gotten wrapped up in my own competitive ego struggle to the point where I'm feeling, um, angry. Um, like I said, I, I look at my resentments and, um, what fear is underlying the resentment. And, uh, basically I like pray for, uh, for God to remove the fear and to point me towards what, uh, God would have me be, you know, what I could, what I can do. That's just, it's like Pradipaksha Bhavana. What, what should I be thinking about instead of this? Cause this is obviously not doing anybody any good. Mm-hmm. Um, those things help me. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I, I think that understanding the, that res, like the connection between resentment and fear is huge. That I'm feeling resentment towards someone else and knowing that there's a fear and I can investigate what that fear is. And then asking for that fear to be released is, is that, that that's very effective for you doing going kind of going through that process. Yeah, it definitely has been. Yeah. Mm. The one other thing I'll I'll add for myself too is is gratitude. Is that if I feel thankful, I that that also just puts the everything else in, into place. You know, it's kind of it is that pati prakshabhavana where it's replacing all that other stuff, the fear, the ego, the comparison. It it's just, I like almost, I see it as it's my job to be thankful. Like if I'm really interested in being a, mu- a mature human being and being the change that I would like to see in the world, then gratitude is number one. Then actually being a human who's thankful is number one. And I have so much work to do to actually feel grateful more of the time. Oh. Yeah, it's a great thing. I agree. Gratitude planting seeds. Anytime I can put in a, a, a good thought, uh, regardless of what bad thoughts are coming up, I'm, I'm sowing good seeds and good things will come out of it. And gratitude is, uh, somebody called it the aristocrat of the emotions. I don't know mm. how <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it awesome. makes sense. Right. I don't know how to describe it, but I was like, yeah, okay. <sighs> it's, just, it's powerful. What, what is it that I think you know, prevents us from wanting to go there. This, there seems to be an obstacle that doesn't want to feel thankful. I'm not sure exactly what that obstacle is. 
Is it, is it just not cool? I'm going to just put that out there. <laughs> is it like, is it not cool to be like grateful to be, you know, to think about that, that sort of things. I think it's more socially acceptable and cool to be critical and complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If you express gratitude at, at in the wrong place and time, uh, people will get angry. <laughs> but so be it. Mm. All right. Um, Tom, thanks so much for this time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I feel, uh, I feel fortunate to um, not only have you be a part of the community I live in, but to, to now be, be serving with you. Hopefully we see it more as services than work. I know that's my big inquiry. Can work be, something that is enjoyable and not hard. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm really grateful to uh, have you along for this part of my journey, which hopefully will continue for a long time. Me too, my friend. I'm honored and thankful. Hmm. All right. Have a good day, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.